the return of some old friends on Tasting Room Radio this week. I'm Terry David Mulligan. You can find the details, by the way, at tastingroomradio.com or the complete website at mulliganstew.ca. Here's how it works. The first half of the show is going to be spent with Mary McDermott, who is the lead winemaker at Township 7 Vineyards and Winery. She's making wines made from various great vineyards in the Okanagan, north and south, and in Langley, where, of course, they have a a winery as well. That's where the bubble uh, program is bedded down. We're going to be talking about uh, the 2020 Providence Series Chardonnay, the 2020 Providence Series Cabernet Sauvignon, and the 2020 Benchmark Series Pinot Noir. We'll also be talking about an event they're going to do on Valentine's Day called Love is Blind. You know it's a blind tasting, right? You know that. So, Mary McDermott, first half of the show. The second half, in the South Okanagan, we're going back to Hester Creek with winemaker Mark Hopley and chef Adair Scott from Terrafina Restaurant at Hester Creek. We'll do some food and wine pairing. We'll be talking about uh, Mark's 2021 character red, the Old Vines Merlot 2020, the 2020 Old Vine Cabernet Franc, and a 2020 Old Vine Merlot. That's the show. It's Tasting Room Radio. Welcome aboard. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Unsworth Vineyards in the Cowichan Valley. It's that time of year where the days are getting longer, they're warming up. We can start to think about the reopening. The Tasting Room and Terrace at Unsworth are open Wednesday to Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday and Tuesday from noon to 4. The restaurant and patio will be opening again Wednesday, January the 18th. You can find all the details at unsworthvineyards.com. Hello, and welcome to Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. Uh, This is really cool. I got to tell you, we're doing something very different. Myself and Mary McDermott, who's the winemaker at Township Seven, I've convinced her that that the new way to dialogue with her uh, and only her is through WhatsApp. Uh, you know, before we get started on the three wines that we want to talk about and the events and all all the general things in your life, let's go back one year to the growing season that you just went through uh, in 2022. Um, it, as we well know, I think we all lived it, if we were anywhere in the Western provinces, it was a yes. wet, sodden mess. And yes. and I heard I heard some grumbling out of the vineyard saying, if we don't get some sun soon, we're not going to have any wines. And then the sun came through and it burned bright and it was wonderful. How, what did it do in terms of the growing and the and the maturity of those vines and grapes? Well, as you were saying, very wet, very cool through the spring, unusually so for for us all across the province, I think. And uh, what happened is uh, that it definitely delayed the grapes budding, flowering, and just their progress throughout the whole season. So everything was at, eventually came to be almost one month behind average, not just. Uh, great seasons but average so hence why everyone was saying yes we need some sun or else we're in trouble because if we have our regular pick dates things aren't going to be at their uh, ripeness they're not going to be mature you know phenologically we won't have ripe tannins might not have sugar might have too much acid all kinds of problems that that arise uh, and so, you know, we really didn't start getting warm until July, which is unusual. And then uh, it just stayed warm. August, September, and October were beautiful. They were dry, 
but they were beautiful months. And so that allowed us that extra time. It actually, we had a, so basically we had a month added on at the end of the year yep. to help things run. Long hang time. Yes. People and which, have, which of the varietals benefited most, the whites or the reds and which particular ones? I would say reds and I would say Merlot looks yep. uh, very good this year. And it would also help our capsule, definitely, um, uh, you know, those kind of later ripening varieties would have been beneficial, Cabernet Franc as well. So uh, we were really lucky. And people were also um, carrying a lot of fruit. So yields were pretty high, particularly in the South Okanagan. So if that long summer did not occur, uh, we would have been in tremendous difficulty <laughs> somebody used the phrase once there were lakes of merlot there were lakes of merlot uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was ian sutherland at poplar grove before he sold and he said he had to go and find tanks that they had lain down in the bushes and and just to make space <laughs> right he went back and apologized to the tanks and said i'm sorry well, come on you're all, all is forgiven oh I, there i remember seeing the rental tanks driving along the road up and down going to all the different wineries so that they could get everything in and people trying to sell excess fruit and all kinds of stuff was happening so right. interesting year for sure uh, and harvest how was harvest was it great was it the normal anything any surprises uh, it was quite intense so the hours were a lot longer yeah. this year uh, just the way things worked out uh, but uh, the wines have turned out fine um and so that's the main thing, you know, we could kill ourselves physically trying to get everything in. But uh, as long as the wine turns out great, it's all uh, great. It's all good in the end. We are talking about Township 7, my friends, and she's Mary McDermott, the uh, head winemaker. Uh, and we did talk about uh, Township 7, by the way, in the year end lists uh, mm-hmm. from the Wine Diva. She was she was all over uh, Township 7, especially the bubble program. And yes. I, I understand you have been uh, allowed to at least tease us with a, the first bubble release of uh, 2023. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, but first, can I talk about a white wine? Uh, the 2020 Provenance uh, Series Chardonnay, um, mm-hmm. which comes in at a beautiful 2597 price tag, my friends, at the winery. Are you or were you a Chardonnay fan going in? I like Burgundy, uh, so I like Chardonnay and Pinot Noir for sure. Um, I don't know. I'm not an ABC person for sure. I definitely uh, enjoy it, and I try to do different things with it because I think Chardonnay is one of those varieties that you can really put your stamp on as a winemaker. Sure. And different ways to make it, different processes, and and so on, and really looking after it in the vineyard really makes uh difference you wanted texture obviously there's texture in there um if you go all stainless steel the texture is not going to really show up as as opposed to uh, some uh, how was the oak program so we only use uh barrique so 225 liter french oak and lots of times uh not very very little new and so what happens with the chardonnay and this uh, particular program is we do some stainless steel to maintain that nice acidity so it's uh, got that but we also use some of the oak barriques 
to give it that roundness, as you stated. Uh, the bariques usually undergo malolactic fermentation, so hence they're a little bit rounder and softer. Yeah. And so that combination of the two is what really works for that. For, for example, uh, I, I misquoted myself. Is there a, a Chardonnay that you go to, your go-to Chardonnay for you personally when you want a Chardonnay, when you want to pour a Chardonnay? What, what kind of Chard are you interested in? Uh, I tend to go for uh, something from Burgundy, really. Yeah. So, uh, you know, things that aren't super oaky but have been fermented in oak, so they have the texture mm-hmm. and have a uh, malolactic fermentation. Not, you know, a little bit more restrained style is is my kind of and yeah. And much older vineyards, I would imagine. Yeah. So just, you know, traditional uh, winemaking processes, obviously, you know, what the story is in Burgundy, they just bring the fruit in and it, everything does itself in the cellar. <laughs> Whether that's a true story or not is another. No, but that's- no it only happens in Hollywood uh, <laughs> and wine movies. Um, Mary, yeah. I understand there's a, a bubble now into the market. You're uh, Blanc de Blanc, the Polaris. Yes, uh, so this is the new vintage of 2019, uh, 100% Chardonnay. Uh, so we get it from a couple of vineyard sites in the Okanagan here. One of them is our estate in Naramata, and then the other is uh, up at uh, Hidden Terrace, which is a vineyard uh, within the Covert Farm family on top of the hill there at Seacrest. And so we combine the two of them, and they each offer different uh, components. Yeah, yeah. So a bit more acidity from our Naram and then a little bit of ripeness uh, with the uh, hidden terrace, even though it's at a high elevation. So it uh, tends to get uh, ripe seeds and skins, even at lower sugars and higher acid, which is interesting. So it's a really good combination. And then we had it on uh, lease or entourage for uh let's see one two about 20 months wow. 25 months wow and then we disgorged it last spring so it's been in the bottle now for a year so it's really come around and it's really ready to go it's it's uh, it, really nice it's happy i would imagine uh, you know most of us uh, within 17 minutes of buying it will have opened it uh however yeah. if you hold on to that chardonnay yeah. As Reese Pender is always talking about, hold on to the BC wine whites. This yeah. is this is one that will reward the, uh, the the buyer, I would assume. Yeah, well, you know, I've been looking back at some of them uh, in the past, and they do hold on to their acidity. They lose a, a some of the freshness that they had originally, but they're still there. And I think Reese says that because you know. Acidity is definitely a benchmark yeah. of the BB. So yep. that helps with the aging process after bottling. Do you happen to know what the uh, price point on that bubble is? The Polaris? I think it's thirty nine ninety seven. Well, that's very specific. I know. I'm trying to be good with prices this time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're on the marketing team now. Um <laughs> So uh, there's more bubble coming. The whole bubble program at Township 7 is just uh, alive. 
Yeah, we've got six different uh, sparkling skews now, and we have a little um, seven. St- so they're all called seven stars with a different um, star or celestial uh, phenomenon name. So we now have a little club called Seven Stars Club where you get the six sparklings twice a year mm-hmm. in your little So it's a kind of a little fun thing for uh, our club members who really like sparkling wines. It's sparkling only club. It must be nice to be popular. Oh, well, you know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> that takes care of the whites, my friend. The 2020 Provenance uh, Series Chardonnay and the uh, sparkling Polaris uh, Blanc de Blanc. And when we come back, we're going to talk reds. We're going to talk the uh, Cab Sauv uh, from 2020 and the uh, Benchmark Series Pinot Noir with Mary McDermott, who is the head winemaker at Township 7 in the Okanagan Valley. I'm Terry David Mulligan, Tasting Room Radio. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Unsworth Vineyards in the Cowichan Valley. It's that time of year where the days are getting longer, they're warming up. We can start to think about the reopening. The Tasting Room and Terrace at Unsworth are open Wednesday to Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday and Tuesday from noon to 4. The restaurant and patio will be opening again Wednesday, January the 18th. You can find all the details at unsworthvineyards.com. This segment of Tasty Room Radio is brought to you by Jason Parks Customs. Let's review what exactly is Jason Parks Customs. It's The Hatch, the original home of all things JPC. The Hatching Post, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor. Truck 59 Cider House, Blacksmith Vineyards, the home of their single vineyard, single varietal series of sensational Swifties. Crown and Thieves, made by scoundrels, sipped by royalty. Home of the Crown and Thieves Speakeasy, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor. All the details can be found at jpcfanclub.com. Welcome back. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Trevor David Mulligan. She is Mary McDermott of the McDermott clan, and um, she is the head winemaker at Township 7. Are you seeing any increase in heat units in Langley? It's variable, just like it is across, uh, across the board, you know. It's climate change, meaning unsettled weather, not... Well, the weather was, let's face it, the weather was being a lower mainland kid. Um, we knew there was always um, uh, moisture out there. And, and we knew that if we wanted heat, we would go inland. Um, but I think that heat is coming to you in, in a kindly way. I think it's going to show itself. I think also our location helps us because we're only 10 minutes inland from White Rock. Yeah. So White Rock's sunny. So it's much sunnier there than it is, say, in in Vancouver itself. Generally, you can be standing in the vineyard in Langley and look towards Vancouver and see rain, whereas okay. it will be clear sky there. And, and much like, uh, you know, the Fraser Valley gets a little bit better weather uh, and inland there, they get hotter. Uh, I've seen the weather forecast. I see it's warmer there <laughs> than where you know, but you you know what, uh, Mary? I got to tell you that that, that that Langley's future is is written. It's coming be, simply because if people want to visit a a BC a, a vineyard, uh, having heard all about it, um, getting over to the Cowichan is going to be difficult. Getting up to the Okanagan yeah. can be difficult. Langley's right there, yeah, right it's easy. there. 
and it's beautiful too i mean it's like you can leave downtown vancouver and in 40 45 minutes you can be in the countryside yeah. right you can yeah. see the vineyards see the blueberries it's great you just want happy vineyards you want happy vines and happy growing right um the langley vineyard has been doing really well over the last few years so i'd say there's probably a slight increase in units uh last year was probably one of our best years for sparkling out of langley so that was great has it allowed you to plant any any uh, varietals that you hadn't grown there before uh, no, we're going to stick with what we have. So this year we'll be planting a little bit more Pinot Noir. We okay. want to keep it specifically for the sparkling program. So okay. we're doing some then, expansion. Then let's talk about your 2020 um, benchmark series Pinot Noir. And first things first, I think we should, as a public service, talk about the difference between your Providence series and your benchmark series. Okay, so Providence series is really talks about our roots, our provenance, where we began from. So we began with variety, uh, like with Chardonnay, with Sauvignon Blanc, with Seven Blanc, with Merlot, with Cabernet Sauvignon. Those were the wines we started with. They're our base. So uh, all, that's how we kind of describe, that's what we built ourselves on. These benchmark wines are just something that we're trying to, say this is the benchmark that we want to achieve a higher level uh you know beat the benchmark every year make it those great wines still lots of them are single vineyard or the best uh, of the best so that's our our next level the uh, 2020 benchmark series of pinot noir Uh, let me ask you the same question i asked you about the chardonnay so that's a fair and balanced uh where does your favorite pinot noir come from what kind of Pinot oh, Noir person are you? That's one, because I have a lot of different favorites. So I like a Burgundy, of course, but I also like Willamette Valley. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, the California, like Litteri or the coastal regions, uh, the cooler places in California. Some of the, you know, California can make a big bang and right between the eyeballs Pinot Noir that I don't even recognize. I just don't. I don't know what they're doing. But that's, that's yeah. you know, they know their clientele. Yeah, it's not those ones that I would go for. I'm more interested in the, the delicate yeah. The style. Yeah. That, yeah. That's my preference. And the really cool ones are the ones that have, but that are dry farmed, but they they get coastal fog, and it comes in every yeah. every morning and leaves by nine o'clock or ten o'clock, and there you are, your your water. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, all right, so this benchmark series, um, Okanagan Falls Vineyard. Yes, uh, the vineyard's called Remuda. It's owned by a couple called Dwight and Arnie Gash. Long, uh, they've been longtime suppliers to us. Great, great people to work with, and they have a lovely one and a half acres of uh, Pinot Noir, a couple of different clones, so it makes it uh, interesting to blend them. We usually ferment them separately, then blend them together just to see what's what, and uh, it turns out really well every time. There's a great nose on it. Um, picked a, a, the, the ripe cherry, a, a raspberry, just dark berries and uh, uh, ripened berries. That's what it is, uh, of all stripe. Uh, you can... You can... Yeah. Pick your berry, pick your berry, and that's just the nose. Yeah, and it's always a good place for it maintains some acidity that Pinot Noir, and it also has uh, the tannins are not 
in the beginning when we see it and tasting it, they're a little in their face, but they always tend to mellow out and soften. So uh, not overly uh, in your face kind of Pinot Noir. It tries to be in more of a delicate style. Do you, do, do you think we um, scare people away by talking about the forest floor? I don't know. Do they really know <laughs> that name? <laughs> well, it's, it's, what, it's one of those terms. I'm walking through forests every day, and I'm smelling yeah. wet and dank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting that from your from your wine. It can, yeah. Sometimes it can be smell like horses, really. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I try to keep the freshness to ours. Um, I, some of them can be a little bit too forest floor. Let's just say. <laughs> Did you go, by the way, to the uh, the celebration of Pinot Noir uh, events that were happening in the Okanagan? And did you go and taste all 35 different uh, Pinots being poured? I didn't this year. No, I had, I haven't. I, uh, I'd love to go though, but I didn't get there. This you year. know, the stunning thing for me uh, was it was a learning experience and, and, and a wake up because every one of them was different from their neighbor, even though they were growing yep. in the same soil. It was, they were all different. Mm. I guess that shows the influence of, the other part of terroir. So there's only 400 cases of this benchmark uh, Pinot Noir, this series of 2020. Um, yeah. We'll have to go searching, unless, of course, we join the wine club, right? Yeah, or it's available in the wine store, uh, but definitely wine club is the way to go, or online buys. What, what's the... Um, did we explain what benchmark was? We do Providence. Yes. Okay, fine. Um, Forty-one ninety-seven for this uh, benchmark series Pinot Noir twenty twenty. Only and heads up four hundred cases. Uh, moving on with Mary McDermott, the winemaker at Township Seven, the twenty twenty Providence series Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. What kind of Cabernet Sauvignon uh, drinker are you? I like lots of different kinds, uh, as long as they're uh, dry mm-hmm. and balanced. That would be my go-to. Like nothing over the top as far as alcohol, nothing sweet, not too much oak, just right there in the sweet spot. I have a distinct memory, Mary, many years ago, well, I was living in, in Naramata, uh, of a, um, a comment coming back from a wine uh, judging. Uh, it was in print. I don't know who said it. Uh, and the it, it was a... Uh, one of the judges saying, on behalf of the judges, why are we being asked to judge a BC Cabernet Sauvignon? We can't grow Cabernet Sauvignon in BC. Now, this was 2008, 2009. What's changed that we can now grow it well? I think, uh, I'm not going to make a judgment on that comment, but I think that we've learned a lot about our terroir and and where it should be grown and how to manage these varieties and not overcrop them. So the ability is to uh, ripen those grapes. So I think we also have a couple of really good sites ourselves, mm. which spectacular for ripening this variety. So I think that all comes into play. One of those vineyards is the Blue Terrace in Oliver. So is, is it above Oliver or in Oliver? It's north of Oliver. Uh, it's on a uh, on a uh, we call it a terrace, but it's on a hill. So it's uh, always got breeze. It's mm-hmm. always got sun. 
get a lot of rain. It's quite rocky, so there's a lot of great drainage. It's the type of soil that the roots like. You know, they have to fight to find uh, nutrient and water, and so that, you know, a little tiny bit of stress is always good, as they say to make the uh, grapes better. But the the fruit that comes off there is always quite fruity, plush, round. So it's okay. quite, quite interesting. See how your hands are working? You've got your hands free. You can make your, you I, can talk about that. <laughs> I talk um, <laughs> uh, tell, me, tell me about the Oak program, French? French and American. Okay. So I do kind of mix it together. I think this time... Uh, it probably had more uh, French in it, uh, but you know it just depends on the vintage and it's tasting the wine before, choosing the barrel program, yeah. choosing the new, the old oak appropriately. Balance, not too balance, yeah. right? It's everything. Don't exactly. go that way. Just find the balance, find the sweet spot, and stay with it. Uh, black yes. black currant. I got the black currant. Um, uh, there's a sort of a vanilla or um, no, I made a note. Caramel. Yeah, like a caramel. Yeah, that'll be a aromatic that's developed by the barrel aging uh, process. The vanillin in the barrels sometimes comes out, so it kind of softens it, gives it, you know, softens the harsh tannins and adds balance. Um, I'm seeing a note here. Um, available at the two wineries, uh, <laughs> select restaurants, and fine wine shops in British Columbia. How many cases? Yeah. How many cases? That one was just uh, about a thousand cases. So that was our big one. This That's year. good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, the chase is everything. And sometimes we say, well, there's only 75 cases. And you immediately alarms go off in a wine fan's head. I got to find that. <laughs> I got to find it. I got to find it. Where do I find it? Uh, that's good. All right. So um, I made some notes. Oh, by the way, did we say what the the price was? Oh, thirty three ninety seven. Does that work? Yeah, thirty three ninety seven for the uh, twenty twenty Providence uh, series uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Township Seven. Now, a uh, couple of things. Uh, you have a an event coming uh, for Valentine's Day. What is it? Romantic. It is. It's called Love Is Blind. That. <laughs> <laughs> How does it work? Oh, so uh, what it is, is you come in, you get a charcuterie plate to match with your wines and you choose which wines you want to taste. So whether you want white or red or sparkling, and then you taste these wines blind and we give you some options to lead you to, for you to be able to decide what wine it is and choose. And so it just is a, a way to help you test your blind wine tasting skills and it's fun and you can keep compete with your loved one or others as you as and, you well know it can be a humbling experience yes it can <laughs> so the wine club how do we join the wine club so we can be part of this so uh you can join the wine club either by going online and join or going into the winery and tasting and you just join up it doesn't cost you anything to join the only time that it costs you money is when we're going to send you your wine sure. and we do that three times a year we send out eight bottles so it leaves four spaces in the box if you want to buy something else and there's lots of wines that are only specifically available to wine club members very good very good well done um 
And the last thing is what's coming? Tease us with what's coming uh, springtime. Well, always in spring on Mother's Day, we release our rosé. Yeah. So that's always a, a big deal. It always sells out by usually the end of summer. Uh, you know, that Labor Day weekend where everyone's scrambling to get the last few bottles. And then uh, we'll have some new uh, vintage releases as well. So probably, you know, late spring we'll have the... Uh, 2021 Merlot, we'll have the 22 Whites Pinot Gris, Reserve Pinot Gris, um, 21 Chardonnay, and then so on. So there'll be lots of new vintage releases. Okay, Mary, we didn't prep this next question, and it's the last question. It's the same one that uh, I asked uh, the wine diva, Dana Van Mulligan. What was your wine of the year, personally? I really like the 2018 Seven Stars Equinox, the Rosé Sparkling. And why? I just felt that uh, it finally got, I finally achieved where I wanted to be with that wine. Um, it just seemed all to come together in that year. It did a couple of different things, and so it, it really showed, and uh, I was very pleased with it. Is there any left? Yes, there's some left. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm, I've, ke- I've kept you from your barrels and your tanks and, and your vineyards. And Do you drive tractor? Do you get on a tractor once in a while? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, off you go. Uh, thank you for this. Um, have a great spring. I'll, I'll see you then when that when the when that rosé comes out. I'll be back. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. Oh, what's the website? Township7.com. Mary McDermott. She's the winemaker. Of Township Seven, and this is Tasty Room Radio. This segment of Tasty Room Radio is brought to you by Jason Parks Customs. Let's review what exactly is Jason Parks Customs. It's the Hatch. The original home of all things JPC, the Hatching Post, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor, Truck 59 Cider House, Blacksmith Vineyards, the home of their single vineyard, single varietal series of sensational Swifties, Crown and Thieves, made by scoundrels, sipped by royalty, home of the Crown and Thieves Speakeasy, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor. All the details can be found at jpcfanclub.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. Here's some important information. The Tasting Room and Wine Shop are closed for the season. Wine sales are available Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Bistro is closed for the season and reopening spring of 2023. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca. I'm Terry David Mulligan. This is Tasting Room Radio, year 17. Started in a barn on the Naramata Bench, and we're in Mill Bay, the Cowichan Valley on Vancouver Island. Kids and their kids brought us here, and the wine. Let's head for the South Okanagan, Hester Creek, who are always welcome to join us here on the stew, and we feel blessed to know them. We have Mark Hopley, who's the winemaker of record. You can yell at him. And Adair Scott, who is the executive chef at Terrafina Restaurant at a great destination. How were the holidays? Did you get away? Didn't get away myself. I just took a nice, quiet, um, relaxing holidays. Um, it was nice to have a bit of a break, Terry, after that crazy long harvest. Um, got away with the family to New York for a few days and then kind of had a few days to put the feet up after uh, four full-on months. We were talking about uh, we were talking about that that harvest and that growing season with uh, Mary McDermott from Township Seven and, and and others. 
And everybody had a different view of it. Some people had more Merlot than they have ever seen in their lifetime. And others were coming up 20%, 30% short, I guess, depending on what weather they got hit with. Is that the way that might work? Well, you know, I, I agree with you. There was a lot of variables. So, so essentially, it was a cooler summer. So basically, we had to wait longer to, to pick the fruit. And when we finally got going, the weather got super good in the fall. Um, if you remember how warm uh, September, October, basically the warmest on record. So um, the, the fruit ripened, it just ripened later and it really extended the harvest. And I agree with you with the volumes. It was all over the map. I think very site specific and varietally uh, specific also. Very much. Well, what, what benefited from, did anything benefit from the, the, the wet of the spring or, or was it all about heat? Well, I think it's like anything. We need some moisture out there, but as we know with grapes, you don't want too much. So there was some vigor early on, no doubt about it. Um, and it was, you know, there were some challenges because it was a little wetter in the summer, but our hang time, I always look at the hang time from kind of when the, you know, the, the buds break to when we pick the fruit and the longer we can hang that, it's always, always works in favor of the flavors, if that makes sense. Like we always get a lot more uh, ripeness, uh, ripe phenolics and just better intensity of flavors, I think with longer hang time. So that was my takeaway, just other than it was just a very, very long harvest. But I would put personally, I would put this harvest up against any. I, 2020, I was in love with that vintage, Terry, but 2022 yeah. was stellar. Wow. It really was. You just, we just had to be patient and wait for those flavors. Adair, um... Uh, here's something that just literally just came to me uh, today. I'm thinking, why am I not asking the chefs about their harvest and growing season? I mean, you're in many cases, you're getting your working ingredients from the same soil that uh, you know that Mark's working with. How does this how does this affect you and what you're looking for? It was kind of like very similar. It was a strange year, and I think again, like what Mark was saying, it was very variety or like ingredient specific um we weren't getting tomatoes till august um because of the cool like everything was just so late so when we're getting into may and we're usually getting lettuces and you know all that stuff early in the spring everything was pushed off by two three four weeks um so trying to get creative as the spring came on and then all of a sudden yeah as we get into fall we're just overloaded with almost more than we could handle. Well, okay, so let's, uh, let's, uh, 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 Chef, I asked you to come along because one of the things that I'm always asked about, always, I'm stopped and asked about um, uh, uh, the pairing of food with wines and, and everybody wants to get it right. And so, right. sometimes it takes, some people <laughs> never get it. They're just going to eat what they eat and they're going to drink what they drink. But, but again, if your food that you're working with is grown in the same conditions and the same soil as the wines, why not put them together? See what happens. And you know what? That's lots of the time too. There's like that. Some people say there's a getting it right. And then there's definitely a getting it wrong. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go that way with it. Um, <laughs> but there's never going to be getting it perfect. Everyone's palate's going to be different. Everybody's, you know, um, even just a varietal of wine is going to change. So you can't necessarily say a Chardonnay is going to go with, you know, seafood, like a certain dish all the time, because a Chardonnay over here could be quite different from a Chardonnay over there. So it all depends on 
um, wineries, growers, the seasons too. So I think what it's about is it's for me, it's about fun and it's about trying and, you know, you learn along the way and you kind of learn some base rules. Um, but it's about getting it right sometimes and getting it really right other times. Um, but it's just trying and getting some, some fun things. Um, but even for myself, I don't know until sometimes I'll have to taste the wine with two or three different things. Sure. Figure out what really works. You kind of have an idea. Yeah. Um, but if you cook one thing and then have a bottle of wine and you're like, hmm, that would have, that's where you go. You almost need to do it more than once to get it right. Yeah. We'll come through here a lot, Terry, and we'll taste from tanks and barrels and kind of see where things are at. But I think, I think Adair's got a good point. Like it's, it's varietal specific and it's, it's vintage specific too. Like uh, sure. some of the, some years you'll have more layers. So you may be able to pair a, a bigger wine with some duck pieces, yeah. right? Like, yeah. You know, it's it's very specific to the to the growing season. Let me ask you one off here, uh, Mark. Um, when people are standing in a wine store that has a thousand bottles on one wall, do, yes. they're not thinking about conditions. They're not thinking about you. Kind of, it's I, I'm still trying to grasp what it is that makes people reach for that bottle, and and of course it's di dialogue like this where they yeah. can hear what's, they want the story behind. And if your wine has a story that goes with, it's mm -hmm. it, it just makes it all that more captivating. I think the story is as important as what's in the wine uh, or what's in the bottle. Uh, we talk about the importance of what's in that bottle. That's first for us. But the story behind it, people want to hear that. Yeah, no, amen, for sure. And I think, too, it's, you know, we're talking about a sense of place. So we've got the Golden Mall bench here. We've got some amazing, amazing um, terroir. And we also have some, it's a very warm site, right? It's, uh, we're one of the last places to see frost in the fall. So we can really develop some some flavors, for sure. But as far as what, what the customer reached for, trust me, I struggle with that. But I know my thing is I look vintage first. I'm not going to lie. If it's, especially if it's red wine, 2020 is a vintage you'll want to definitely um, try for yourself. Because um, okay. I think the, the reds from the bench were very bold, uh, lots of intense fruit. Um, I would put 2020 up against, and I know we sent you some 2020 wines. I, I would put them up against any vintage that I've been involved with in the Okanagan. Actually, you sent me the 2021 character red. 20, okay. 20, and, and, and so yeah, we've, we've talked about 20 and we've talked yeah. about 22. What was 21 like and what did, what is the character red show? 21 was, was a little tougher season in that it was, it was very warm. Um, we got lots of ripe flavors. It was definitely drier than, uh, than last year. So, uh, you know, it's a good vintage. Um, if I had my druthers between 20 and 21, just being honest with you, Terry, I'd take 20. Okay. Um, but they're, they're both solid vintages. They're both warmer vintages. And well, last year was, let's say longer hang time, warmer fall. Um, we definitely, we had the heat dome in 21. That was the big challenge. <laughs> Just being honest, it got very hot in the summer. But the blend can change, right, Mark? Yeah, amen. And that's the idea. Of, I believe you have the 2021 character red. Yeah. So that, I mean, the nice thing about that wine, Terry, is it's, it's driven by the Italian Merlot. So the clone that we have on this property that Joe Bisnardo originally planted in, you know, 1968, we're yep. still that really drives the bus on that wine. And then you've got some Petit Verdot, some Syrah um, that kind of create the framework 
but um, it's a food friendly wine, great barbecue wine. Yeah. And it's Merlot driven. Yes. Now that we now that we know that your uh, uh, Merlot had a great year in in certain parts of the Okanagan, those are the wines you want to keep an eye on. They're, they're Merlot driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair comment, actually. Um, you mean specifically from twenty twenty, Terry? No, just in in general. I mean, you, in general, you, you, yeah. Whatever varietal had a good year, just follow follow the grape. Yeah, and I think it's also site site specific and vintage specific. So if you're sitting there in front of a thousand bottles of wine, like you say on the shelf, you can look for the Okanagan from 2020, say in Merlot, um, you know you're gonna get super ripe flavors. I think that's a good point, yes. And then of course, when you talk into the wines like the Judge, bigger wines like a Meritage style that's blended, uh, that are Merlot dominant, you're definitely gonna have some ripe flavors. Yeah, it's a good point. And Chef, what do you, um, what, what grabs you about that blend? And is there something specific that speaks to you and, and, and informs your food? Um, I think like uh, Mark was saying, with that Merlot being like fruit forward and stuff, that character blend, um, like Mark was saying, that's a great barbecue wine. Um, it's a good blend with like burgers, lots of mushrooms in there. We ate it with tacos the other night. We did a nice like spice taco, like a flying steak taco with that. That's a good one for that. It's got the fruitiness that can hold up against a little bit of spice. So those ripe flavors hold up against a little bit of spice without kind of competing against it. So that's nice for that. All the Merlots are kind of tasting like that. I'm trying to remember what I paired with it. I think it was a uh, Portuguese sausages. Yes, yes. Yeah, see, yeah, the yeah. sausage, that little spice of the sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I and I was happy with myself. Yeah, good. I went to bed with a smile on my face. Uh, th this character red. Um, here's the best part, Mark. What's the price point on that character red? Uh, price point right now is uh, 19.99. Get out of town. Yep. It's, uh... That's, that's one wine that has always done well for us at the Vancouver Festival in uh, top 25 wines under $25. It's, yep. it's, it always does well in that category. And that's something we're, we're proud to put out in that price point. It's, um, it's, a, it's a good everyday wine. Yep. Okay, we're going to take a break. I'm going to keep you busy, Chef. Don't go away. Um, yeah. uh, this is Tasting Room Radio. Uh, and uh, the guests are Mark Hopley, the winemaker at Hester Creek, and Adair Scott, the executive chef at Terrafina Restaurant in the South Okanagan, places you want to visit and learn about. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. Here's some important information. The Tasting Room and Wine Shop are closed for the season. Wine sales are available Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Bistro is closed for the season and reopening spring of 2023. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mooncursor Wines in Asoyos. From January 3rd to April the 27th, Monday to Friday, 10 to 5, it's sales only at the winery. Uh, just one last thought. Wasn't this the year you were going to join the wine club at Mooncursor? Just give them a call at the winery, or you can find all the details about the winter hours at mooncursor.com. This is a good. This is a good segment, friends. This is uh, Terry David Mulligan, Tasting Room Radio. Mark Hopley, the winemaker at uh, Hester Creek, and Adair Scott is riding shotgun. He's executive chef at Terrafina uh, Restaurant, and um, uh, the uh, the menu of chef uh, changes from year to year, season to season. You betcha, year to year, season to season. Right now, we're just in that moment of the year where we're just taking a breath, sitting back, and looking what worked last year um that will carry on to 2023 um and then just what we can come up with some new exciting things next week me and my sous chef will be in the 
in the test kitchen, kind of trying some new flavors. And it's a really good time for us to try some wines, this vintage, last vintage, and then uh, just work with what we think will work in the restaurant together, just to have some fun. We, we're, we're very lucky to have this downtime in the South Okanagan to really play with some stuff. Um, you know, I know sometimes some chefs in the city, they're kind of 80% go um, 365 days a year. So it's, it's nice for us uh, to take advantage of the downtime and uh, come back with some nice, fresh ideas. Hey, chef, did you ever lay rebar? Did I ever lay rebar? Yeah. Um, no. Why? No. Well, it's the point, the, the point I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is you've got a good life. Yeah. Right. No, You're, it is really good here. This is good. So, uh, All right. So, uh, we, we tried the character red, by the way, it is 1999 friends that character red. It's an incredible blend. Um, you're going to love it. Now moving on the old vine Merlot 2020, uh, that's 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 crazy Joe's uh, Merlot, uh, and um, it's the Golden Mile Bench Estate. It's beautiful. Eighteen months in uh, uh, French barrels. Um, what do you want that that Merlot to come out? Because Merlot can be can be a, like a chameleon. It can be uh, incredibly heavy and direct in the attack. It it can have a long finish to it, or it can just be a brief moment in your mouth. What what? Tell me about this one. Well. As we kind of alluded to earlier, I think I think the 2020 is just uh, some of the best ripest grapes we've ever had to make wine from. So um, it's a definitely a bigger wine, but I also think it's a very round wine. So for me, when I taste that particular vintage compared to some other vintages, I just find that it's it stays on the palate a little longer. Terry, it's got more intense fruit, and for me, that's kind of how I judge a wine: yeah. Um, yeah. how it stays on your palate. Right? Sure, chef. Tell us about your menu from last year that worked well with the Merlot. Things that worked really nice with the Merlot last year is lots of our earthy dishes. Um, so lots of our like heavy mushroom pastas. Um, it works really nice, I find, with lots of herbaceous um, flavors. So lots of heavy thyme or sage or parsley. Those kind of like really herby things work really nice because the wine is so rounded out. Those really savory, earthy notes, I find worked really well with it. Okay, I have a question. This is a one-off, and I'll, I'll edit around it if I get it wrong. Mark, uh, your rosé, is is it from uh, Merlot? Uh, no, grapes? no, so our rosé, Terry, is, uh, it's 100% Cab Franc. Okay, Cab Franc, so, okay. Yeah. All right, because yeah, as, you're talk, as you're talking about uh, uh, your your pizza, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm thinking rosé, especially when it warms up. Yeah. Well, we've got one for that. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> yeah, we. so I think it makes sense that ours is from from Cab Franc because we're definitely known for the Cab Franc in the estate. Yes, but you our are. Our rosé is 100% Cab Franc. We're going to get to that Cab Franc. I'm still thinking about it. The Old Vine Merlot 2020. This is literally the best of the of the growing season, the best of the crush, the best of the cellar, and the best of that grape right there in a bottle. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, that our old vine series basically celebrates the, you know, the origin of these old vines we've got. So they're hanging less fruit, a lot of intense flavors, our best barrels. And uh, this one's pretty widely available. So no matter where you're listing in the province, um, you know, you can always hop online. It's available through Wine Shop, Bench Club, through, uh, let's say, private liquor stores around the province and, and fine restaurants. Okay. Um, Jeff, you want to add anything? No, I think it was a great all around. It's, you know what, it's just so nice for me to have such a 
great portfolio and great vintage to work with. Like I said, I just come and hang out with Mark and we drink out of the tank and we yeah. come up with new things all the time. Like yeah. you said, it's a, it's a rough day some days. <laughs> the tank. No rebar. No rebar. <laughs> What'd you do no this afternoon? What'd you do this afternoon? Just, uh, re- uh, just tanks. Just tanks. The first time I heard the, the term uh, old vine, uh, was it uh, five years I was living in San Francisco and we had the time to go out to Napa a couple, three times a week. They were talking about their old vines. You, and I said, and I, I asked the question, how do you earn the, the title old vines in Napa, Sonoma? I think it, the number was it was over, either over 40 or 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can vote. What is it in the Okanagan? Have we established that? No, I, there's not really a benchmark on that. And I agree with you. It's It's kind of... Let's put it this way. Our old vines are 54 years old. So, you know, no matter where you go, pretty much in North <laughs> America, that, that in my mind can be considered an old vine. But even our young vines, Terry, are older than 25 years. So um, for me, you're just going to get more intense flavors. You, the, the fact that you get to work with the same blocks over and over, you kind of know, you get a feel for them. I'm sure it's like a lot of ingredients in the kitchen. You, you kind of know what works with what, what type of oak to be using, what kind of yeast to be using and, and how to handle the fruit, how much extraction it can handle in the tank. So, I, you know, we're blessed to have a lot of old vines here. There's no doubt about it. Mark Hopley, the winemaker at uh, Hester Creek, and his uh, sidekick, Adair Scott, who is the executive chef at Terrafina Restaurant. Okay, we're talking old vines again. The 2020, good year. Old vines, great uh, accommodation. The Cab Franc, I had this is the one that I waited for to to pull out of the box because uh, I'm a Cab Franc guy. It touched all the bases for me. This is a great Cab Franc, and so it should be being um, old vines. Well, I'm ha- happy to hear you enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, for me, the Cab. The thing I love about Cab Franc is it's got so many layers. Like it, it, it really is a food friendly wine. Sometimes it can be a little bit tight upon release, but with just a little bit of bottle age, it really tends to open up, and you get some real nuances like. Um, for me, it can be fairly floral, so I, I just think it lends itself to so many dishes. Yeah, and this is a nice meat wine, not with like the traditional beef or barbecue, but because it does have so many layers, this is that classic red wine that goes with like you know the different, the sweeter meats, the duck breasts, the fattier meats, um, lamb. It has those layers to the flavor and the sweetness of the meat. That's not just going to be. Um, your classic steak sort of thing because it's got enough to kind of push through. What about a, a, a pork roast? Would it overpower? Pork roast is good too, mm-hmm. if you know. Ladies. But like again, I think with with even the pork roast, it's sweet. I would, you know, fennel crust your pork roast or something to add some sweet layers to it because I think it needs that to kind of need something to counteract it a little bit because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, um, Mark, there's a lot of um, uh, ripe black uh, uh, berries in here. Uh, Name one, right? Blackberries, right? Um, It's just got all of the things that you would, you got a little um, uh, toast, um, a a touch of spice. Um, I I just love the balance that you've achieved. Uh, Mm. Just just getting out of the way and letting the cab front be what it is. Tell me about the Oak program. Well, that's our our main goal, or at least my main goal, is to never over oak a wine. Like for me, like it doesn't help in food pairings. It doesn't help, you know, hiding the natural fruit that's in the vineyard. So um, in this case, with the old vines Cab Franc, it's basically any American oak that's in there is is older barrels, so they're neutral. 
So we really are only adding new French oak barrels to this. And I think, I just think it marries really well with the cab. I really do. And, and cab frog, like we said, has so many layers. It's, it's a funny animal. Sometimes it can be light, but again, indicative of the vintage, this is a bigger, rounder wine than I have seen in the past, just being honest. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's farming and 2020 was, was a good year. So um, we're kind of seeing the rewards of that now. What are you pairing with that, Chef? With the Cab Franc? Oh, let's, let's put it this way. Let's look ahead to the new menu. What would you like to pair with it? What I'd like to pair with it, um, you know, we started doing um, a nice rustic um, duck and bocconcini salad where we made the duck ham. So we cure the duck breast <laughs> for 48 hours and then we smoke the duck. We slice it in these little paper thin little strips. So they're almost like little melt in your mouth, little duck treats. And that with some nice fresh cheese works great. Chef, chef, fun. chef, you got to get out of the kitchen more. <laughs> you know, he made a soup today. He didn't even have to work today. He came in and made a soup, Derek. I'm a soup, I'm a soup guy. You've just won big points. Uh, let's, yeah. um, all right, so now, um, do we have to worry about how many cases you made of each of these? Uh, well, yeah, uh, 1,400 cases of the Old Vine Merlot, uh, 2,000 cases of the Old Vine Cabernet Franc. And that's, I mean, that's a limited case production because it's based on what we have that's here right. yeah. on the bench. And how about the character red? Character red is 3,700 cases. I know I know you're good with this one. So let's do the price points again. The character red is? Uh, $19.99. The uh, Merlot? Widely across province. Merlot's $27.99, Terry. And the and Camp Franc? Same deal, $27.99. Can we get them in Magnums? Uh, Cab Frog, you can, yes, in fact. Uh, so if you go on to HesterCreek.com or you can call a wine shop, wine shop's probably the best way to go, can and we, they can uh, send it out to you. It's not something you'll find across the province very widely. Can we get them in splits for picnics? <laughs> no, you just have to take a magnum and split that. <laughs> Did you see the article Al Hudik uh, wrote something today about uh, that the industry is considering changes for its glass usage? For going into cans and packs and whatever to get away from from the uh, environmental concerns of uh, glass and glass making, uh, mm -hmm. what do you think? Hey, if it's good for the environment, great. I, I just can't see drinking a Bordeaux out of a can. Yeah, uh, personally, just being honest, maybe maybe something that's a little lighter on the fruity side, like you know, great, sure, why not? Okay, are you going to uh, tease us, uh, uh, chef, with any one dish? that we can look for? If we're going to do that drive from the coast or from the island, what's the one dish we should be ordering from the new menu? Okay, so I think from like from the previous and going to be on the existing menu, lots of talked about stuff, especially with that Cap Franc and stuff too, is our, uh, if you haven't come and tried the smoked beet hummus, um, <laughs> you know, a little bit of blue cheese, some honey. Um, we have beehives on the roof of the winery here. Um, so we make our own honey. Oh, I don't make it, but the bees do. So we go steal it from them. Um, and a uh, little bit of that drizzled on the smoked beet hummus with some flatbread. It's just, yeah, with that super good, smoky, salty, good. Okay, here's the last question, guys. It goes like this. Uh, Chef, the best meal that you had last year? The best meal I had last year. Braised short rib, duck fat, mashed potatoes, blue cheese, jus over top. I'm a real comfort food. Give me some braised meat and some mashed potatoes. And how about uh, and how about a, a, a an item that you had in another restaurant somewhere? 
Row 14, we went in yeah. Costin. That's a good place. Actually, they do all their local stuff. They do like a bunch of really cool, um, real sustainable. They have their own, I think it's like a few acre garden and everything's pulled right out of there. So that's a nice yeah, you, that, That's it's fantastic. Nice. That's fantastic. And Mark, um, what's the best wine you had uh, last year? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me, Neil. Uh, best wine I had last year? You know, I have just an area or a, or a varietal. You know what? Last year, I had a Margaret River capsule that I really liked, yeah. um, but we should probably keep it Okanagan here. No, anything, no, 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 no. It's the it's the world of wine, my friend. It is a world. It's a world. I always like. I always think the cooler climate, you can reach full phenolic ripeness. So you take a region like in a hot place like Australia, you go somewhere where it's cooler, like Margaret River, you reach more intense flavors. Okay. I think that's why uh, in Canada we get intense flavors because we can fully ripen in a long cooler season one of the wines that uh, that has been hanging over my head for quite some time like five six seven eight years since i tried it were the uh, the wines in the guadalupe valley just outside of ensenada in mexico oh they, yeah, yeah they've got yeah. land they've got heat they've got no water none, none. so it's all dry farmed and uh, i want to go back and see what's happened to all those young winemakers because they 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 wanted the the kids uh the uh, of the farmers to come and make wine. So they took over an old olive oil factory. So they have concrete bins for the old olive oil. And they said, make your wines. If we drink it and we like it at the end of your season, you don't have to pay for your schooling. And I, they, they were turning out a winemakers left, right, and center. I want to go back and find out what happened there. That's my, mm. that's mine. I got a friend making wine down there and I had some of his wine. It's pretty good. It's good. They just yeah. they just can't because it's a tequila nation. They get no favors from the government. You can only yeah. bring two bottles of wine back from Mexico. It just you know like that. Um, guys, I I'm I I know you're going to have a great year because you've you got the goods. If we can just have um, um, weather to go with, then we'd be good. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate you uh, reaching out and having a chat with us. Thanks. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Take care of yourselves, boys. Have a great day. This is Tasty Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mooncursor Wines in Asoyus. From January 3rd to April the 27th, Monday to Friday, 10 to 5, it's sales only at the winery. Uh, just one last thought. Wasn't this the year you were going to join the wine club at Mooncursor? Just give them a call at the winery, or you can find all the details about the winter hours at mooncursor.com.